0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short daily Bible study, about 13 minutes, to get us into God's Word every single day and thereby help us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and have a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with life every day. Now, you know people in your life, undoubtedly, who need to turn their thinking around, their focus around. They need to turn their lives around. They need to get in touch with their Lord and God and their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They need to start thinking about their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other uh, other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing every day with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study and we're asking the question Why do good things happen to bad people? Well for the first three sections of this particular study we asked the other question The opposite question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And we talked about the reasons behind that And hopefully if you are with us during that time you came to understand better why what seems to be bad things happen to good people sometimes sometimes truly good people sin is the bottom pro is the bottom line problem sin prevails within this world and sin leads to bad consequences even sometimes on good people who are not necessarily guilty of the sins that are bringing the bad consequences on them sometimes it just fallout. but again when when mankind became sinful, going all the way back to the garden, everything changed. Sometimes, though, we recognize what we consider to be goodness in people that is not really goodness in God's eyes. And so sometimes people, they do bad things themselves, and that brings bad consequences on them. We also noted that there are a number of contributing factors. Sometimes it's just a matter of even really good people, truly good people, in God's eyes, occasionally they'll make a bad choice and that'll bring bad consequences. Sometimes they're simply the victim of bad things that are done by other people and they kind of catch the fallout of that. It it hits them. We've talked about drive-by shootings, innocent people getting shot when they were just innocent people. But bad consequence as a result of the bad actions of somebody else. And then sometimes it's just a a product of life in this world. There's sickness, there's sorrow, there's suffering, there's pain, there's death. And that happens to everybody. It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hebrews chapter 9. Well, in this part of our study we've been looking at why do good things seem to happen to bad people we've talked about how god bestows some blessings universally on all mankind such as sun and rain all the laws of nature even ungodly people even atheists they benefit from those natural laws and those are blessings from god But we also noted that God loves everybody. He wants everybody to be saved. He created all of mankind in his own image. Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28, or 26 and verse 27. And and so he created us with a soul, with a spiritual being within our physical being. And that's so that we could walk with him, that we could be with him for eternity. But he leaves the ultimate choice, the final decision up to us, but God will bless even ungodly people in some cases, demonstrating his love, and that should motivate them to turn to God. Ultimately, they will all have to appear before his judge, before the judgment seat of Christ, our Lord and Savior. But God is giving them time, and God is patient with us. And thank God for his patience. Now, we also noted that God's goodness and patience should lead the unrighteous to repentance you and i before we were forgiven if you have been forgiven through jesus christ through the blood that he shed on the cross as our savior our lord the perfect one time for all time sacrifice we were enemies of god because of our sinfulness we needed forgiveness so that we could come to god through christ and be counted good by him romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 10 very detailed and very straightforward because of our sins before we were forgiven we were enemies of god you needed forgiveness i needed forgiveness and those people we see around us who we would look at and say bad people because they're living ungodly lives, they need forgiveness God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. And Jesus calls everyone to come to Him. For spiritual rest, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest." Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. You could read on down through verse 30. You needed God's goodness. I needed God's goodness. Everybody needs God's goodness and his goodness bestowed upon us in our lives should open our eyes and motivate us to come to him through Jesus Christ. Now, God will hold all accountable on the final day of judgment. We've pointed to 2 Corinthians chapter five and verse 10 repeatedly in this study. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the body. In other words, in this physical life, whether good, or bad we looked at Romans chapter 2 verses 4 through 10 where we see both sides of the ledger the those who live faithfully before God consistently their reward will be eternal life those who do not their reward will be eternal condemnation in hell and with God there is no partiality We look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 42. And here, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is He who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. When we go back there to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, that part where it says it is appointed unto men once to die, well, we, we recognize that that is reality, a physical life in this world. As surely as we are born physically, unless the Lord comes again first, we will all die that physical death. It is appointed that we will die once. But the rest of that verse is what should give us great pause. And if we're not living the faithful life before God, the godly life, the good life, it ought to shake us to our boots, shake us to our souls it is appointed for men to die once but after this comes the judgment jesus will come back one day and everybody who is alive everybody who has ever lived will stand before his judgment seat we will give account of how we have lived our lives in this life in this physical existence In Acts chapter 17, beginning with verse 30, the apostle Paul said, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Now, exactly what he meant by these times of ignorance God overlooked sometime in the past, back in ancient times, I'm not sure exactly how we're to understand that, but whatever that That meaning was, it does not apply any longer, because Paul went on and said, but now God commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Well, God expects every single one of us to repent. Now, we've emphasized what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 in verse 9. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, you see, he doesn't want anyone to perish to suffer eternal condemnation, eternal destruction, eternal torments, as judgment in hell. But he does expect us to repent in order to avoid that. The repentance is our part, our responsibility. He doesn't want us to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance, but we've got to come to repentance. In verse 10, Peter goes on and says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up that's the image of the final day of judgment when the Lord will come to call all of us to account and all of us to stand before his judgment seat Peter goes on in verse 11 and says therefore since all these things will be dissolved and here's the rhetorical question what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? The answer is understood in the question. We ought to be people who live our lives in holy conduct and godliness. We need to strive to be good people before God, and that only comes by being faithful people to God, living faithfully by His teachings. let's stop and pray father in heaven thank you for loving us thank you for loving us so much that you have that home in heaven waiting for us if we will come to repentance if we will seek forgiveness through our lord and savior jesus christ your way (coughs) and if we will walk that life of faithfulness through the rest of our lives on this earth Thank you for being patient with us. Please, please, Father, help us to not just continue to take advantage of your patience, but to take advantage of that to the point where we obey, we repent, we come to you, because that's what you expect of us. Help us to recognize that one day your patience will run out. Help us to never see that day in our lives, but to come to you while we still have time. Please be merciful with us, Father, gracious Father. Please forgive us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.